Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Uh, you can open up for me. I mean, the one thing we really want to know is, um, what is the secret stuff? <laughs> and would it be all right with the police? <laughs> uh, before I open up the word today, uh, I want to encourage you. There was a, <clears throat> a whole load of notices there, but there was one that I really want you to grab hold of, the Eric Gilmore Day. Uh, I personally attempted to uh, bring Eric Gilmore to the UK to do days like this. I had correspondence with him. I got his products, uh, or one of his products, made available in the UK myself through pestering and whatever. Uh, I want to encourage you that Eric Gilmore is possibly one of the greatest men of God alive today. You say, well, I never heard of him. Well, he never heard of you either. (laughs) (laughs) The Eric Gilmore Day, I don't know how much it costs to go, but it would be worth a thousand pounds of your money to come. No, it's not that. Will it be worth a day off work? Yes, yes, yes. So I want to encourage you. I now live across the country. I'm going to be here for that day. And I didn't want to tell Phil this, but I would have paid much more money to come. Uh, This is being recorded, isn't it? (laughs) It's too late now. But I want to encourage you that Eric Gilmore, every time you see that image appear on the screen the next few weeks... This man is something else. Uh, He ain't just no ordinary speaker, preacher. He's a young, modern-day A.W. Tozer or Andrew Murray. Uh, And I mean the one from the revival, not the one you had last week. (laughs) Although he's, he's quite good too, isn't he? Hello, Andrew. (coughs) Enjoy the download. So I want to encourage you with... Eric Gilmore is one of the greatest men of God alive today. It's unbelievable to me he's going to be in this building. Okay? You get that? And and you say, well, I, I, I don't know about him. I promise you, uh, I, I heartily encourage you to come. I'll, I'll say no more about that. Praise the Lord. Well, here we are. I, I, I'm a young adult now. I've, um, I've got a student card now. Yeah, you get 50% off at Woolworths. <laughs> it's quite good. 20% off Odeon Cinemas, which is great. There's about three of them left in the country, aren't there? 
have to go and find one. Probably cost me £100 to get to it. Yes, I now live in London as of last Sunday. And I'm a researcher at the London School of Theology, researching uh, 1 Corinthians. And so Jane and I, stand up Jane. I think the customer should have to stand up and give everybody a wave. That's the thing everyone's doing. Which she is. So this is Jane and I's romantic weekend liaison. This. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Did I say turn to Matthew 18 yet? Go on then. The transaction gospel is my theme today. You ready to have your life changed? I want to read the parable that Jesus tells and... It's in the context of forgiveness, uh, but I, I, I will just deliberately sidestep the beginning and the end, not because I'm a bad Bible teacher or exegete, just because it's not my theme today. I just want to read the parable itself. Therefore, verse 23, everyone with me say I. The kingdom of heaven is like a king. This is what the kingdom of heaven is like. You ready? This is what the kingdom of heaven is really like. It's like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. This is a strange culture where you might owe the queen money. Right? Funny, isn't it? Can you imagine? Go, oh, no, I owe, I owe Queen Elizabeth 100 quid. I'll, I'll give it to her with pictures of her face on. <laughs> the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Just to help you out, uh, That's about five million pound. All right. And since he wasn't able to pay, didn't have the odd five million on him. (laughs) The master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before the king. And here's the line I want to talk about today. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master, that's the king, took pity on him cancelled the debt and let him go. 
Can you see immediately that he got a better deal than the one he wanted? Yes? Okay. But when that servant went out, verse 28, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him, what have you got in your Bible? Yeah, about five quid. He grabbed him and began to choke him. And this is the second line of dialogue I want to preach on today. Pay back what you owe me. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. The Greek's stronger there. He, he wished not to. It's a little stronger than refused. He did, made a decision to not allow this to happen. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. Boy, being in debt by a fiver is big news in the first century, isn't it? Look, ended up in jail for that. When the other servants saw what had happened, they got upset. They told the king. And so the king calls him in, verse 32. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? And in anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back uh, all that he owed. Let us pray. I want you to close your eyes because the Holy Spirit can change our lives. The Holy Spirit can <clears throat> change what's really going on on the inside of our hearts. That invisible person that nobody sees, maybe not even your wife or your husband or your kids or your friends see. And that's the person that I'm trusting that God will change today. Lord, we look to you to powerfully move now. And I pray that there will come such a revelation of your amazing grace that our lives will be truly, truly transformed. Forever. So in the name of Jesus Christ, I now speak a powerful change to occur for many, many hearts here today and those listening online now. I speak a change. And I pray that there will come the unlocking of prison doors, the falling loose of shackles of bondage. I set you free today. I proclaim freedom to the prisoners. In the name of Christ. And Lord, I pray that the Spirit of God will come on me and minister uh, a word of instruction, miraculous from God, to the changing of lives, the name of Jesus.
This story is about collecting debt, is it not? Right? It's about collecting debt. King is looking to have his debts paid. The other guy wants to go out and get his what's owed him, you know. And so the whole thing is about debt. And it, it's funny, isn't it, that debt paying and owing and do I owe you or do you owe me? It's kind of very much part of our, of our culture. Certainly it's part of the British culture, you know. So if somebody says to you, oh, um, uh, I don't know, would you do me this favor? Uh, you, you think to yourself, well, do I owe them this favor? You know? So someone says, uh, well, um, uh, my car's broken down. Would you come and help me? And you, a bit of you thinks, well, um, do I owe them this act of love? What have they done for me? All right, let's choose a simple one. The Christmas card list. You know, that, that horrifying moment five years ago when our neighbor put a Christmas card through our door Christmas Eve, around about 10 to 11 at night. <laughs> G- giving us no chance. <laughs> or you sit planning a wedding, you think, well, do they, you know, do I have to invite them? Do they deserve to come? What have they done for me? You know? And uh, so we have all these expressions. I write a couple down. Well, um, well, I do owe you a favor. Or I owe you one. You know, this sort of language that we use. What about this? I ought to go. Well, well, that's the word owe. But stretched out to sound like ought. (laughs) Isn't it? Someone says, oh, would you come out for dinner with me? Well, we ought to go. You don't want to go. But you, well, well, we ought to be there. Like, we feel like, well, we owe. So owing, owing an owed is very much uh, part of civilized society. You owe me an apology. I mean, you don't. That's, uh, unless you do. Right? Oh, someone's gone to jail. Well, they've paid their debt to society. So we live in this world of, of you know, contracts that need to be fulfilled. And it's very interesting, very interesting. Now, maybe you come from a culture where that is not your thing and maybe you're, you're doing better than some of us are doing. What I want to talk about today is really that this must not, must not come into your Christian life at all. Now, I could, for a great lengthy period, preach on verse 33 that says, shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In other words, because we've been forgiven by God, we should forgive, you see. It's interesting that the Bible doesn't say, Lord, forgive me, uh, really very often at all. In fact, where we are told to ask God to forgive us, Lord, forgive me my debts. Or forgive me my trespasses. Forgive me my sins. What's the next line? 
as, as I also forgive those who sinned against me. Right? So, Lord, you're going to forgive me as, oh dear, this sounds frightening. This is when you'll forgive, as I forgive others. But I don't want to preach about that today. I've preached about that many times. Another time. I want to talk about those other two lines of dialogue that are in the story. Pay back what you owe me. And the other line is this. Be patient with me and I will pay you back. So I want to preach on those two lines. Pay back what you owe me and be patient with me and I will pay you back. Let's begin with this. Pay back what you owe me. Now we have to be careful in our simple human relationships to lose some of this pay back what you owe me mentality. Otherwise, we realize that we're really just self-seeking people, not really loving our neighbor at all. We love our neighbor as they assist us. We love our neighbor if they love us. And not a tiny bit more, but exactly the same. Like me and my brother who used to give each other, as kids, uh, 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 a tenner in an envelope for our birthdays. So I gave him a tenner uh, in September, or March, actually, March, and he would have given me a tenner in May. And my mum and dad said, please, oh, they love each other. <laughs> so it's just simple. Sometimes I want to see if the, if the uh, code number on the note was exactly the same. They're just <laughs> trading it through. And uh, truth, tr- absolutely true story. Uh, one year I got a bit short, you know. <laughs> and, uh, I put a fiver in. <laughs> and that was it. It was over. <laughs> that was it. There's no more money ever past hands. And how old is my brother now? 54, something like that. Yeah, 54. I still think in his head he, think, he thinks, my brother owes me five quid. <laughs> from, from 1978. He's probably thinking, oh, that's worth about 30 quid now. (laughs) You have to be careful, don't you, with this? But what about our relationship with God? So let me just say it, can I? Can I just say it as it is? Can I just tell you that God doesn't owe you anything? Now, right now, you won't think unless you're going through a difficult season, you probably won't think God owes me anything. Particularly if you're not having a bad time. Like, who worries about who owes them things when they're doing well? You only worry, which is why I wonder about this king, whether he overspent himself a bit, suddenly he's calling in the debt. You only suddenly worry, normally, unless you're very stingy and miserly and love money, but you only really worry about debt, significant debt owed to you, 
when you suddenly need it. And there come, come moments in the Christian life where, now, you may not use this language, but something arises in you from you to God. Maybe you never say it. Maybe you find another way to verbalize it, but what you really mean is pay back what you owe me. I have been coming to this dull and boring church. I'm imagining someone listening on a download. <laughs> Who's going to another church, but downloads this one. I think, think we've realised something's wrong. I have been tithing Since 1874, <laughs> I have served in the youth department, or worse, the Sunday school. We know that Paul, St. Paul was a Sunday school teacher, don't we? He said in um, 2 Corinthians, he says, I fought wild beasts at Ephesus. <laughs> Please don't clap, it makes me nervous. <laughs> Do jazz hands. <laughs> I want to warn you to be careful about ever thinking that your many acts of service are accruing to you some sort of heavenly debt. Now, here's what's true from the Bible. Behold, I come quickly, said Jesus. And my reward is with me. And I will give to each person according to what they have done. Not according to what they hope they might do one day when the apprentice is on. But according to what they have actually done. So there is a reward. But do you know what can happen? Sometimes, you, so there you are, you're sick. Why aren't you cured? So someone walks into the church, first time they've ever been in, healed. And you're sat, you've been ill for 18 solid months. Everyone understand? And someone, well, someone just got healed on the street. And you're not healed. Well, what's going on here? Have they tithed? Have they been a missionary? I was a missionary in Timbuktu. And then I went on, Timbuktu 3, a little further. I planted churches in 11 a reef. That's 10 a reef, but further. Trying to help you out with a bit of geography there. <laughs> Here I am. Lord, I've served you all these years. How come I got no money? 
How come I've got no friends? Lord, I feel... No, no, I'm not talking about me. You don't feel so... <laughs> I've been stacking chairs in this church since the Azusa Street Revival. How come I'm not married? Now, listen, life's full of disappointments. Can you say amen? Amen. We get disappointed all the time. Hip, hip. Yeah, your enthusiasm's not in it. but But here's what you must never do. You must never do this. Pay back what you owe me. He owes you nothing. You owe him everything. You are made for his glory. You are not made for your pleasure. And neither am I. Now, we have a good God, yes? So we have a God. He answers prayer. We have a God who gives to us sometimes more than we could ever imagine. But we also know, because we've been on this road a while, haven't we, some of us? We also know there are times where nothing works out. Or heaven seems silent. By the way, it's never silent. It's just God saying no. If I walk up to you and go, no, 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 no. Don't say, he never spoke to me. (laughs) We just don't, well, God never says no to me. Doesn't he know who I am? (laughs) God can say no. And he'll say no because he cares about you. And what you want is a dumb idea. I want to warn you about having a transaction gospel. Where if you serve him, he owes you. If you uh, pray more, you should somehow be a recipient of more. And I'm talking now about more things. If you pray more, you, you will get more. But you might still have the smallest apartment of all your friends. You might still have that car <laughs> where you need to turn the CD on really loud so that we don't hear the noise of the wheel at the back. Because <laughs> where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There's a, a, a video doing the rounds at the moment. And if you haven't, I, I, I want to mention it, particularly for people who are listening online as well. The video is a YouTube video. It's gone around social media. It's called something like this. I lost my faith when I worked for a mega church. Anybody, anybody seen that? Now, I don't particularly want you to go and find it. But it's about a lady. And God bless this lady. She found herself. And the story goes that she, she lives right. She's a young person. She withholds from having sexual relations with her boyfriend before marriage which is God's word. Can you say amen? amen. Yeah. And, um, and then she finds that because of this, because of this, which is all in her mind, because of this, she gets a great job in a church. And, but then afterwards, they can't have a baby. 
And, you know, one can only feel for them. But because they can't have a baby, she begins to start to doubt the existence of God. And she's on the pastoral staff of the church. And so this has gone around the world, this little video about how she lost her faith. But, but it's so interesting to her because actually this is all about transaction. She thought that she got a job because she'd been holy. Right? <laughs> and then she thought when she didn't get the baby she wanted, and we can feel for her, of course. I don't know what the scenario is now. Maybe they're doing okay now. But because she prayed and didn't get a baby, she began to lose her faith. And she began to think, this doesn't work. Well, in one way, she's absolutely right. That doesn't work. That's not how it works. That's not how it's supposed to work. But there's a little bit in that video, because it's not verbalized, and I certainly don't want to take time to assassinate her, because I think she represents many of us on our bad day. So I'm not, I'm not shooting at her, I'm shooting at me. Where we might think, Lord, why don't, you do, why don't you do something? Don't you know what I've been doing? Don't you know that there is none like me? One of the greatest stories of temptation in the whole Bible is the story of Job, isn't it? Which is that, and that's what that whole book is about. Job is a righteous man. So God should bless him every day and nothing ever bad should ever happen to him. And so the temptation of Satan, and please get this right, Satan's not after pushing you down the stairs. Satan's not after messing with your Wi-Fi connection. If Alexa doesn't talk to you, it's not a demon. <laughs> Remember one time, very early in my Christian life, there was a lady with a tape deck. Remember them? Tape decks. Cassettes. One cannot think about a cassette without thinking about a handy pencil. <laughs> with every cassette you bought, you ought to be given an HB pencil. as well. <laughs> And everyone young in here is going, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> you don't know the pain we went through, everybody. But I remember one time she had a tape recorder. It was a Christian bookshop. And the tape wouldn't play. And I remember going, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. She's speaking to the tape. I rebuke you. And I thought, sweetheart, just go back to Curry's and get another. <laughs> to, just... It, the powers of darkness are not given over to try to stop you listening to Barry Manilow. But in the book, of, so that's what Satan wants to do. Simon, Simon, Jesus said to Peter. Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But he said, but I've prayed for you that your faith may not fail. So the devil is not coming to take your health. He's not coming to take your wealth. He's coming to take your faith. 
wants to take your faith. Now, if you put your faith in a transaction gospel, which is not a place to put faith, I put my faith in the goodness of God, not what he supplies. Because if he has not supplied, then it is not for me. Can you say amen? Pay back what you owe me. You are owed nothing. Now let's get to the other one. Because this is equally difficult. Be patient with me. And I will pay you back. I want to think about it in the context of verse 26. A man falls before the king, owes millions. Listen, the Spirit of God might set you free in the next two minutes. Open your heart now. The king brings him in. You owe me. The man falls down. I cannot pay this. Five million. So he wants to strike a deal with the king. And the deal is this. Please give me an extension. He doesn't ask him to wipe out the dead. Everyone agree? He asks him for longer to pay. Give me an extended period of time to pay. And what does the king do? He says this. That is not on the table. I do not do extensions. I don't do patience. I do mercy. Everyone look at me. Is your God patient with you? Or merciful to you? Because if he's patient with you, you are also in a transaction gospel that will never believe that you're forgiven. You only believe that you've been given longer to pay. Lord, I've messed up big. But Lord, will you forgive me just one more time? And this time, boy, oh boy, this time I'm going to get it together. This time, I'll, I'll never do that again, Lord. This time, Lord, you see me here. I'll never, here I am at the, at the community. Lord, I'll never do it again. I, Lord, I want to repent. Please give me one more chance. You are equivalent to falling before Jesus and saying, just give me a bit longer. 
Lord, you're going to see how wonderful I am. I'm going to come up with this great holiness to pay you back. You'll see. They'll start singing about me. I worship you. I give you praise because I am my own righteousness. I worship you, almighty God, but there is none like me. (laughs) The vast majority of Christians that I meet who are in this sort of scenario have what I call an inner Roman Catholic or an inner critic, or an inner, and I'm not attacking a denomination, but what I mean is a sense that we have to come back again and again and again, and, and just give me more time, and oh Lord, I've really made a mess of my 20s, but boy, in my 30s, oh, I'm really going to be holy then. Give me more time. And I want you to know, that's never the deal with God. That's never the deal in the gospel. That's never the deal with Jesus. There is only one deal. The king cancelled all the debt and let him go. By the way, this is never more. And I, by the way, I thought what Lee did this morning was brilliant with this table. Yeah, this is never more so than many times in a church at the communion table. (laughs) Because we normally have um, communion, and again, I'm not having a snipe. I've I've done this myself. Where we create this thing. Now you you better be careful. (sighs) You know, dangerous. This could kill you. It's like the Ark of the Covenant opening at the end of Indiana Jones. Everyone fries the death. <laughs> this is a symbol that the debt is paid. <laughs> this, this isn't an extension. So what we do is this. We read out the scriptures that tell us when we come to this table, we do it in remembrance of him. So when I eat this bread, I'm remembering what he's done. When I drink this cup, I'm... It's in the Bible, everybody. You've heard it read to you 52 times a year. In remembrance of him. But then normally the leader of the meeting wants us to remember ourselves. Now maybe this week you... And so you're sitting there remembering yourself. You're not supposed to remember yourself. You're supposed to remember him. Jesus didn't just die the death that you should have died. He lived the life that you should have lived. Be patient with me. No. 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 Debt paid in full. Jesus' blood does not require your blood too. 
You say, well, does that mean we can live however we like? If you think you can live however you like, you haven't got it. (laughs) Something's gone wrong. When you know that you've been forgiven, it will create in you a depth of holiness that no legal structure could ever produce. Debt paid. In the first century, in the Greek world at least, there was a word that would be written across a debt. Today, if you went down the council, it would pay off your council tax or something, you know. No, everything's online a bit now, isn't it? Many things, but remember the old days going to the council and they'd stamp to say, council tax paid, you know. Woo-hoo! Going home looking at my bin going, yeah! <laughs> Collect it! <laughs> and the word, in the ancient world, they didn't have a stamp. But they would write a word. It's, it's a single word. Tetelestai. Tetelestai. Greek word. It means it's done. And we come to the Gospel of John, chapter 19. It's the very word John uses where Jesus says, It's finished. And anyone in the first century reading. Tetelestai. It is finished. It's in the English, it's three words. In Greek, it's one word. Finished. Finished. Anyone in the first century reading that would be reminded of the debt payment stamp. It is finished. It is finished. There is such a thing as amazing grace. And you are a recipient of it. I work in education, as you know, or have done until recently. And so I would mark papers. I'm still in that business a bit now. And just before deadline, as any good student will do, they'll suddenly get a bad foot. (laughs) Foot. Oh, dear. Oh, God, I've been pain in my back. I'm going to need an academic extension. You've done any work all year? Well, not really, but oh, my back. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's going to need, oh, for at least three of the papers, it's going to need a bit longer. <laughs> Nelson's dead, and Shakespeare's dead, and I'm not feeling all that well myself. <laughs> They'd come up to my academic office, and the girl there, such a sweetheart, she, she just gave them all extensions. Oh, I didn't like that woman at all. Because <laughs> yeah, I, I got to mark them later too, you know. Anyway, she was merciful. <laughs> she believed any old nonsense. <laughs> but you get that an extension doesn't mean you don't have to do it. You still got to do it. And, see, and if you live in this mentality, I've not been forgiven. I've just been given longer to pay. God is not patient with you. I mean, he is. 
But we are not here because of his patience. We're here because of his mercy. He paid the debt. If you owed 500 pounds and I walked in and paid it, you are no longer required to pay it. I have not bought an extension. I've wiped it out. And that's what the blood of Jesus has done for you. Let me begin to finish with one or two ideas. You must not mistake the offer of forgiveness for an extension of time to pay. A mistaken, guilt-driven mindset will create self-atonement and torment. What happens to the guy at the end of the story? He ends up being tortured. I want to encourage you. This is, it must be awful to think that you've got to somehow pay God back. What an awful place to be. And yet there are thousands of Christians and a score or two in this room who think like this. I've come to proclaim liberty to captives today. You don't have an extension. You've got mercy. You've got redemption. What fruit does this produce? I thought of a few ideas. Number one, fear. When we used to work here a while ago, we worked with something called CAP, Christians Against Poverty. I know still there are connections here to this day with that. And um, So Jane would go around and with Sue, God bless her, who's not here today, but and Joe, and just sit and talk with folks. And sometimes they would be fearful because a debt collector was coming. I don't think people love their debt collector. It's very hard for you to come into a service and worship someone who you think is a debt collector. You see, if you've got a warped idea about what God requires of you, it's going to affect your relationship with him. You're going to live in fear of him. You're going to live a life of utter failure. That's the worst thing about this. That guy could never pay off a five million pound debt. And you can't ever be good enough for God. Ever. Ever. So your life is one of fear towards God and failure towards yourself. Meanwhile, you have to show up and sing, Oh, happy day. (laughs) I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Ooh! There's not a bit of joy in you. You're fake. You're trying to get drunk on the atmosphere of church because it's not deep inside. Because deep inside you think, I owe, I owe, I owe. Oh, be patient with me. 
Dare I even come to church this week? Will I be turned to a pillar of salt? <laughs> then we sing a song about God's love. You're beginning to feel better. And then we, then we have communion. You better not take this bread today. Jane would tell me that she, sometimes in, I don't think it was her story, but at the conferences where they would go and help with debt, some of these folks, and by the way, I don't want to be insensitive, maybe someone here is like this, they'd be so f- scared of the debt collectors, they would spend their days crawling on, along the floor of their apartment to look like they were out. Lights off. And literally, it's a true story, isn't it? woman spent her days crawling on the carpet to look like she was out. Now, we've all done that occasionally, you know, when the deacons came round. (laughs) All the Jehovah's Witnesses. (laughs) Or in our case the fourth or fifth person showing up to say, would you like me to do your hedge? <laughs> Phil saying, I've got the message, mate. It's a shambles. <laughs> We're having it done on Monday. Hip, hip. Yeah. yeah, you can join with us in our joy. But you see, you, you can't love a debt collector. So if you think God's a debt collector, do you understand? Your relationship with him is going to be awful. You'll just have to pretend you love him. <laughs> and you'll end up striving. Salvation Army going for? You'll end up striving. Your whole Christian life will all be about going out and bringing in the cash to give to God. I don't mean physical cash now. I'm talking about your moral fiber. Look how moral I am now. And the only time you'll feel worthy to be in church is when you feel like, wow, I've done it. This week I didn't do X, Y, or Z. This week I did this. So I'm worthy now. And here's the joke. You're not actually worthy. <laughs> I remember one time, uh, if you, someone might, might be in this category where occasionally you're asked to preach or something like that. And I remember in my early days of ministry where I occasionally would be asked to preach. So I'm thinking, oh my goodness, on Sunday, I'm going to preach. So, you know, you like walk around with a blindfold in case you see a woman. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) don't put on any telly in case there's a swear word, you know. And, (laughs) And, you know, it's Channel 4 and 10 to 11. Oh, I can't believe it, the swearing. <laughs> and every day you pray, oh, getting up early to pray and not, you, you're, going, you're going crazy. You're not even having lunch on Thursday. That's how serious you are. So I would show up in my early days to preach, I would show up ready. The Holy One is among you. <laughs> Sitting on the front row. And now it's our pleasure to welcome Peter. Yes, it is. Here I am. I sit at the left hand of God the Father. And then I remember, 
Then I remember one of the later times after that, maybe a few months later, called upon to preach with not much notice. Right? So no time. I've got no time to be only. Oh my goodness. I've got no time. I haven't accrued righteousness this week. I remember sitting there. Really, totally true story. This is the one time where I really, really, really felt I heard the, the voice of God. I won't say it was an audible voice, but a clear as day voice. I sat on the front and I said, oh God. They're going, it's great to have Peter Cavana here today. He's going to preach. Because <laughs> I lived in transaction world. I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't done my bit. How can God bless me? I haven't done my bit. So I'm sitting there, oh, oh, God. And I said these words, Lord, please will you help me? I, I'm not worthy this week. And that's when I heard, honestly, as clear as I've ever heard God, he said this, son, you weren't worthy last week. <laughs> The wages of sin is death. But the gift. I want the worship team to come back and help me if you will. If you are still here. So two lines of dialogue I want you to think about. Number one, pay back what you owe me. Don't you ever say that to God. Everyone understand me? You owe him a lot. He doesn't really owe you anything. Pay back what you owe. I deserve no, no, no you don't. And if you put your faith in that, your faith will fail. And you will backslide. And you will lose your faith. Because your faith wasn't really in the God of the Bible. It was in a God who you thought was your servant instead of you being his. And then the second one is this. Be patient with me. And I'll pay you back. That's also completely wrong. We have a God of mercy, not of patience. We don't have a debt collecting God. We have a Father. We have a King who says, Give me longer. And He says, No deal. I'll pay. 
Thank you for listening and we trust that the word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.